Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. The show is brought to you by Pariah Pickups. What you want, what you need, what you love. Check them out at pariahpickups.com. The show is also brought to you by Fleming Properties. Now that the real estate market's heating up again, you're going to want to talk to Steve. You can get a hold of him at flemingproperties.com or at steve at flemingproperties.com. And I am also available for speaking engagements once again. So if you're interested in that, you can send me a note at info at brentjensenmusic.com or visit brentjensenmusic.com for details. All right. Recently, my good friend Sandra Boza had come by the house and I realized that she hadn't been on the show since her amazing record, A Sound in the Dark, had come out late last year. So today we talked about that. And she actually suggested a little bit of a fun twist to the usual proceedings. And Sandra played a brand new unreleased song that she just wrote that will likely appear on her next record. Here she is, Sandra Boza. All right, live in my home, joining me for a cup of coffee is none other than Sandra Boza. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad to be back here. It's in, been a while, hasn't this it? This hallowed space. This hallowed space. <laughs> and there's a third uh, participant here, not a human. <laughs> His name is Riker, and he has taken quite a liking to you. Yes, he's a good boy. He is a good boy. He is here providing emotional time. support. The Doberman who does not know he's a Doberman. <laughs> he thinks he's a lapdog. He does, actually. Uh, so. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, your album, The Sound of the Dark, came out September 29th of last year. Mm-hmm. We did a little documentary together. You kindly asked me to participate in that. But I never had you on the show to talk about the record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My bad. <laughs> so here you are, all this time later now. So I wanted to, instead of you know people come on and talk about the songs that make their skin vibrate, in general, I want to talk about the five songs that make our skin vibrate from A Sound in the Dark, your amazing new record, new-ish now. But I want to go through it. And you said, before we started taping, the songs that make my skin vibrate. Yeah, I feel like because they're my songs, I feel like you should pick the ones that I'll weigh in. I mean, I'll be honest, I, I, lo- I love the whole record. I'm so proud of this record. Like, I don't feel like there's a throwaway song on it. No. So, you know, they're like my babies. So um, I'd like to hear actually what, you know, like it's been really interesting too because I've people like different songs really appeal strongly to different people on this record. Mm. So I like hearing that and I like hearing why each song appeals to people differently. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear the songs make your skin vibrate. Okay. We're flipping the tables today. Oh, we are. Aren't we, Riker? The interviewer is now the interviewee. <laughs> Your dog is doing some gymnastics. I know, he's kind of a dummy. <laughs> okay, I want you to guess at my first song that makes my skin vibrate from the record. I know the, the <laughs> listeners don't know the exchange, but just to fill you in a little bit, when I sent Brent the record for the first time, just just to listen before it was out, he list, he got through it when he got to sit by the fire. I think you texted me like, repeatedly (laughs) and said you would listen to it like five times in a row yeah so more maybe seven (laughs) 
I think it was seven, actually. I was trying yeah. to be conservative. But yeah, um, so definitely sit by the fire, I'm going to say. is Hands down, my favorite. Now, I'm not going to say the best because there are a lot of really good songs on here, but by far my favorite song on this record. This song was supposed to be, um, it's supposed to be, I don't think the rest of my idea for this song was this, you know, 4 and 20 by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. It's mm-hmm. just a simple acoustic ballad. I play it all the time. I love it. Mm-hmm. And so this song I wrote as a simple acoustic ballad. And, and I remember talking to Ross, the producer, um, about that. It's going to be kind of like a 4 and 20 style, just maybe an outro to the album. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, just a short, little, simple, sweet acoustic ballad. And I played it for him and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, or <laughs> we could do this. And then it turned into this, this beast. And, and then actually even in the studio, we, we kept trying to bring it back to some kind of soul because mm. I've sort of been thrown into the soul blues category, which, you know, I, I love that, but it, um, in the studio just didn't fit. Right. And we even started it the first day and then left it for the week and then came back to it on the Friday mm. because we couldn't. But the the beginning of it, I can actually play it for you. I have it in my phone. Oh, I would love that. I'll just play like a... So this is the demo that you recorded as you were writing the song on your phone. Yeah, I always record because I forget what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> so I always record little voicemails. This is June 6, 2022. Wow. And this is what it was supposed to sound like. Wow. Yeah. And and the rest, you know, it's, the form is the same more or less. Like, doesn't have that big bridge. Right. Um, but the form, because it was just supposed to be a simple kind of outro like motif kind of. Right. Um. And uh, it, but it has more or less the same. It, like the, the lyrics are the same. I had I was looking because I was trying to find it. I wanted to play it for you on acoustic oh. today, and I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find the chords. And I couldn't remember. <laughs> and of course, I, it's just typical Sandra. I'm like rushing at eight thirty in the morning trying to get my crap together. But um, <laughs> it had like a few different lyrics and things like that that I was playing with. But, but yeah, more or less, it's the same. Just turned into this monster, <laughs> this beast of a Zeppelin tune. But it, it, that's the thing. Is it, it that progression? I was saying earlier, almost sounds like Led Zeppelin type of, um, like, babe, I'm going to leave you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then the guitar comes in and it's like, oh my God, it's like an anthem, right? But it's it's got this thing that I can't describe. I don't know what it is. It's like, a, it just kind of like lifts me off the ground. There's something about that song that is just fascinating. I think it appeals to a lot of people because that song, you know, I'm working, I was working with a, a PR person in BC and she, you know, she was pushing all my songs. We chose the singles and that one by far had the most reaction as far as it, it did, you know, looking, it's so, so stupid looking at like Spotify number of plays and mm. what the most popular is. But that one, as far as like reviews that we got and like, you know, just blog posts, mm-hmm. um, blog reviews, that one had by far the most and oh. the most like kind of quotable quotes you know mm-hmm. that i still have yet to get my crap together to put, <laughs> put together but, but it had some there were some really cool little reviews about that song it seemed to have the best feedback and recently even my manager messaged me and there was there was a spike in my spotify because somebody put that song on a playlist mm-hmm. and it spiked my listens for a while it, was, it does no seem way. to be a song that has you know that connects with people 
Oh, it's a huge, like I, you can hear it on the radio, like all that stuff. Like it's a hit. <laughs> it is. It's, it's an incredible song. Somebody tell the radio. <laughs> well, it, yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It, it's so tough these days yeah. because it's such a crowded space and we've been through this before. Yeah. But like that song, I think would be my pick from, and this is a great record, just really saying something. That song would be like my number one. If I'm going to have anybody listen to this, this record, it would be like through the, the prism of that song. Okay. That was Sit by the Fire. So. Let me see if I can pick your second. Okay. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Shine. It, it's on. It's, that's. It's not the second though? Uh, well, you know what? We can't rank them now. Like Sit by the Fire is number one, but like the other four. <laughs> we, can, we can't rank them. I mean, Sit by the Fire <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> Some of the first, I don't know what it is, it's different. Like that one really kind of stands out. But the other ones, hmm, Shine is definitely in five for sure. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Let's now, go with that one because there I isn't really a. Rank them. Oh, no. <laughs> I know what they all are too right now. You don't have so. to. Rank. Just kind of curious. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the story about Ross's bow. Um, so it actually. I think it had a lot to do with Ross's fiance, Liv, who's awesome. Mm-hmm. She, she's, we get along really well. Like I really, I love her and she knows me. And I think Ross put a little bit of bow in just for Adam's here. And apparently Liv was like, make it weirder, make it weirder, oh. weirder, make it weirder. So like more eerie and more kind of spooky. Wow. And I remember he sent it to me and I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. It's mm-hmm. so eerie, so spooky. And he said, yeah, Liv was right. <laughs> It's crazy. It just adds so much atmosphere. And it's very much like Ross's, he's a huge Jimmy Page fan. Yes. He doesn't hide the fact that, you know, he, he even, he posted a picture of himself on Jimmy Page's birthday doing the bow thing. Oh, did he? And, That's you know, awesome. he, kinda, he has the vibe too. He looks a little bit like he has the look. Yeah, so yeah. he posted a picture of Jimmy Page and himself both on stage doing the bow. <laughs> and said, happy birthday, Jimmy. Because recently this, you know, the internet's full of the internet. And this guy commented on the video of Shine and really like, like just berated me for stealing something from Jimmy Page. It was this, and then all these people jumped to my defense. And but you know they said something about it. And then somebody actually said, "Well, if we're talking about stealing from artists, then Jimmy Page was not the first to bow a guitar." And oh. he, I can't remember the name of the artist who did the band. But you know, I mean, artists are inspired by their are by art. Mm-hmm. So it's, and we're both the Zeppelin fans, and that's one of the reasons that we connected. And I think it's such a cool, it adds such atmosphere. It doesn't sound anything like a Zeppelin song, this song. But, you know, there's elements that have come from my inspirations and music I grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just it was an interesting commentary, that whole thing. Jimmy Page, and I love Jimmy Page, and I love Led Zeppelin, one of my favorite bands. Completely, you know, mm-hmm. lifted mm-hmm. songs from... You know, and 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 spent a lot of time in litigation. By the way, yeah, even Babe, I'm gonna leave you. They mm-hmm. they sort of I don't want to use the word stole, but there was a folk artist in I That's think right. Seattle, yeah, that they had to end up paying. Yeah, in because- the '80s, she didn't know that they did it, and then they went to court, and she you know walked away with a lot of money. Yeah, and she was she was fine with it. She was happy about it. But I mean, that that wasn't the only time. Yeah, that happened a lot. It happened a lot, and so- I mean, even just their sound, you know. It was mm-hmm. like, and this was very much the 70s and a lot of the rest of history. But it was a bunch of white kids mm-hmm. playing blues, like Clapton. Oh, know? yeah. And I mean, when a lot of these blues artists that they were inspired by were living in poverty mm-hmm. in, in earlier in that era or in that era, um, they were using their music and, and turning into rock stars. Totally. Know? And it still happens. The Rolling Stones Oh yeah. gave American blues music back to America. 
Yeah. Like, I remember Clapton tried to have Hendrix like kicked out of the UK. I think. I mean, and I mean, I think I think I was reading years ago. I think that if the story is correct, when Hendrix first got to the UK, he was at a Clapton show and they wanted to have him sit in or play something before. I think maybe. And Clapton said, "As long as he doesn't play the Killing Floor, that's oh. my song." So Hendrix went up and played the Killing Floor. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. That's funny. Because, I mean, Hendrix grew up with those artists playing that music where that music was from. Mm-hmm. You know? So, of course, he was threatened by the real thing. Of course. So, you said Ross can play the bow anytime he wants. <laughs> That's really what it boils down to. <laughs> it was cool to see how many people, like like Ross and, and somebody who's become a fan, which still feels weird for me to say, jumped to my defense. Oh, of course. Because I wrote something very diplomatic back, but then all these people jumped and they were just like, go on at this guy. But even outside of that, it's not like Paige owns the bow. No one no one does. Anyway, there's always going to be somebody. You know, David Lee Roth, I love this quote. David Lee Roth said, dare to raise your head above the crowd. Somebody's bound to throw a rock at it. It's completely appropriate, especially on the internet. Okay, next song. Can you guess? You know, after those two, I can't really try to think of other comments that you've made. No, I can't. I, no. The Bottle. Oh, The Bottle. Yes. So good. So it is the second song on the record. Just a nice mid-tempo, cool lyrics. I love it. Fantastic song. Tell me about it, Sandra Boza. <laughs> um, where did I write this one? I was living in... I don't know, somewhere, Vancouver, Morocco, somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> I can't remember. Presumably somewhere. Where I wrote, I wrote this one a while ago though, but it was, this was about alcoholism, but it was while I was in it and trying to get out of it, but I couldn't because mm-hmm. it was the only thing that made me feel normal was drinking mm. and, and all these different personalities came up. Like I'm, you know, even like my musical inspirations, I've talked about this before, like, you know, I'm a Gemini, I couldn't make up my mind. I, I didn't know if I wanted to be a, a folk artist because I grew up listening to Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. And then I discovered jazz and I, I love singing and I do jazz gigs now, just, you know, like uh, duo gigs. But then I discovered Portishead and I wanted to do electronica. Like I couldn't make up my mind, right? So very similarly, my personalities, like I, I, I didn't know who I was. And, you know, most alcoholics or addicts, you talk to them, there's a lot of insecurity, a lot of like, you don't know who you are. And then you drink or you do drugs and, and you think you found, you feel comfortable, you feel, you think you feel at ease or at peace in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And so all these different personalities, like I was, I was trying to figure out who I was, but none of them were really real because they were all fueled by drugs and alcohol, you know? I mean, in a couple of weeks, I'll be nine years sober. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, I'm still figuring out who I am, but like it's, there's clarity now that wasn't there before. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. know what makes me feel actually at ease, what what things I don't like genuinely, sincerely, you know, I'm I'm not the party animal I used to be. Not just because of age, but because I realize that that's not, that's not necessarily something that fuels me, you know. So this this song was very much about all those personalities and trying to get out of the chaos of all of those personalities and those lifestyles. I mean, the only way that I could get out of the chaos and feel semi-normal was by drinking, but that wasn't real either. Right. Yeah. Love that song. It's got a definite soul vibe. And and medicinal too, like for yourself, right? To to kind of get this out, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
and the video too. I don't know if you've seen the video, but I worked with with Mira Jay Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, love him. Yeah, he's a great dude, and he came up with this idea of of shooting against all these mirrors and lights, and like it was such a cool video shoot. Mm-hmm. Like we had, and then at one point, so I had all these mirrors around me, and they were shooting off of the mirrors, um, off of monitors to get these different images, and they so they had the mirrors up on like clamps, and at one point one of the mirrors fell. Oh jeez! And so it cracked, and they were about to get rid of it. I said, no, 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 wait! Like it, now it's got all these different refracting points because it's cracked. Right. Let's put that up, and we got some really cool shots because of that. Happy accident. And it was just, and he had a lot of his students there who I've I've worked with since on different videos. It was just so cool to work with. Working with Gen Zs, there's like a, they're not jaded yet. <laughs> maybe, it's, <laughs> maybe it's that, but they're uh, they're just so creative and like just film people in general. Like I just love working with like anybody who nerds out about whatever their industry is, whether it's art or science or whatever it is. Like anybody who's passionate, mm-hmm. you know. And these these kids, I'm going to call them kids. I can sound like an old woman, but they're just so creative and like let's try this and let's do this and like it was just so much fun. And then some things didn't pan out, you know. But they were like, okay, well we tried it. Let's try this now. You know, it was just, and I felt very involved in that too. Like, like, can we try shooting from here? Can we try this? What if I do this? You know, it was, it was such a fun shoot. That's great. Yeah. Doesn't that make all the difference in the world when someone has that kind of like youthful enthusiasm? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really is. It was just, and I've worked with a few of the students on some videos. One that's coming out for the city shortly. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. And it was uh, Nick Flood. He was the director for that. And that's, we wandered around Toronto. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But I've worked with a few of them. Um, and Stella on Sound in the Dark, like, and it's just the, the great, great people to work with, like really mm-hmm. great ideas, great attitudes, just, you know, and that's Jay, Jay Ferguson, like those are his students, like mm-hmm. speaks very highly of him because mm-hmm. they respect him so much. And, and likewise, you know, it's just a really great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is tough, man. <laughs> I think I have to go with, and I was just thinking about this, A Sound in the Dark. Mm. I love the song, but I love the story behind the song. It's so my skinny dipping song. Yes. Do you want to tell it? Sure. So I had this this uh, artist residency in Halls Island in Halliburton, and I was on this island for ten days uh, by myself, and it was so cool. There was um, there was no running water. There was like solar powered. It was so cool, but it was just you know you're supposed to just go and work on your art, and so I was totally alone, and it was beautiful. And I decided one night I was going to go out and I was going to go skinny dipping. I love skinny dipping as any good Canadian who spent time in cottage country, right? Um, not that we own skinny dipping, but I think we, we're, we've perfected it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you edit this. Anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was going to go out one night. It was really, really clear and I decided I was going to go for a swim. And so I went down to the dock and I got into the water and I was in the water for like, I don't know. 10 seconds and I heard a sound and and I freaked out and I like jumped out of the water ran back up to the cabin and then I thought like come on Sandra like you're alone on this island it's not a serial killer it was probably like a frog (laughs) jumping then I I was back up in the cabin and I I was thinking about that and I was so angry that I let that fear stop me from enjoying this moment and then I thought about all the other things in my life that I've let I mean the reason I started working on music investing in myself so late in life Mm-hmm. You know, because I was afraid, like, you know, all the things that I've, I haven't done because I let fear stop me, you know, fear of success, fear of failure. I think they're similar. Um, anything, you know, I've, I've, I've let fear stop me from a lot of things. And so I, I wrote this song like that night and it's about that. And then the next night I went back in the water. Good for you. Yeah. That's what the bridge is. 
<laughs> that's so great. That's cool. And you know, that's kind of almost like a microcosm of this whole, like your whole thing, right? And I, we talked about this in the documentary, how you, you're fearless and you, you kind of like, you know, really take things by the horns. Like, you know, you do. And I've always liked that about you right from the very start. That's a, an admirable quality. It truly is. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. So it's nice to hear that. Oh, I get it. Absolutely. The way that you see yourself is completely different from the way that you, that, that others see you. I often right? see myself like when people describe me like that, sometimes I feel like a fraud. <laughs> well, that's like uh, imposter scary. syndrome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have that in spades. Yeah. Mm. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. The city. Am the I city. number, is this number five? I have no idea. What I think so. Yeah. I think this is number five. I have to, like, I, I've got to pick this. No, I think it's four. Are you sure? I think so. Um, sit by the fire, shine, sound in the dark, the bottle. Oh, it is five. You were told there was going to be no math. <laughs> <laughs> the city. I was lied to. Is number five. The city, yeah. I. This was the first mix sent to me from Ross. He was on tour, and he sent me this... Because he was on tour, so he was trying to mix, but it was just the easiest one to mix while he was on the road. Mm -hmm. um, so he thought he'd knock this one out. So he sent it to me. He was It's funny because he was in Spain. He was in Coruña, which is really close to where my family's from, La Coruña. Oh, wow. And he was in Spain, and I was sitting in my car at Pickering Town Center. <laughs> it's less exotic than Spain. But so he, <laughs> he sent it to me, and I was waiting for a friend. I'm like, okay, I got a few minutes. I'll listen to it. So I, I started listening to it, and I started bawling like an idiot hmm. because... It was exactly what I wanted this album to be. Mm. Um, I wanted this album to be raw. Like my last album, although I'm very proud of it, and Hill's an amazing producer, but she does more pop. Mm. And and I wanted to try that. Like that's why I, I worked with her and, and she did a great job, but something about it didn't connect with me. And I think it just went a little too far into pop. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I, who I am, was lost a little bit. I'm not a pop artist and I'm not, you know, I might not fit into the contemporary pop world be because of that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, there's a lot of, big production sounds right now and big frequencies and i just felt like i was kind of lost a bit in this album you know i talked to ross about that and and we bonded over music from you know the 60s and 70s laurel canyon which was raw live off the floor more like so this song summed up that whole sentiment to me because there's nothing there and it's funny because I know you said you resisted the urge to like go big and add in instrumentation. Right. And when I was sending the song out to reviewers, it was hilarious because I would get the exact. I love that she didn't go into big production. And then the very next reviewer would say like, she missed the opportunity to go into some big production. <laughs> like, mm. But it, to me, it, it just again reminds you of the fact that like music is so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So subjective subjective thank mm -hmm. you it's so subjective and like that is exactly what you love about this and what so many people love and what i love about it that it's just bare bones and like you can't hide behind anything you can't right. hide behind big production yes and that's what's powerful to me about it and then other people will be like but you're missing this there's so much space and you could have filled it with so much and it'd be cool to do that one day mm -hmm. like to do you know to play with an orchestra and have this filled up and it would be amazing but releasing it and that's why it was the first song we released and it was a bit of a, a chance we took you know releasing this like piano ballad but yeah i wanted to because it spoke to what this album represents for me i'm so glad that you didn't do that and you could i mean like 10 million people can't be wrong think about every song that you've heard that does that and kind of exploits the big like you know, chords crashing in and cashes in on, on that emotional you know kind of crescendo 
But I've always kind of gone the other way with that. Like I love Needle and the Damage Done by Neil Young. And I love a song called Whatever Makes You Happy by a band called Powderfinger in, in Australia that does that same thing. It's just all the way through. It's the sentiment. And I mean, maybe that's a tougher listen for people, but there's something to that for me that is, is kind of very worthwhile. And there's more in there for me. Well, also for me, the song is about kind of finding yourself sort of alone and, and growing up before you're ready. So there's mm-hmm. like a loneliness. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that it's bare bones. It's a yes. song about, yeah, like a, thinking that you were ready and you weren't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the world sort of taking advantage of that. And like you're just this lone person in this big city. So I like that it just stays solitary, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Another song that does that is uh, Billie Eilish's song, What Was I Made For? Perfect. I know that one. She's great. Oh man, this song will take you apart and put you back together in less than four minutes. Like it is, it will kill you, this song. Listen to it, I highly recommend it. But it's the same thing. It's piano and there's some other stuff in the background, but there isn't that obvious crescendo, Yeah. right? It just is consistent all the way through with that kind of very emotional piano in the same way that the city, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Well, the piano too, even that was interesting because so ross had to leave the studio for a bit um there was some emergency that happened with his tour all the flights were canceled so it was like a terrible mm. day for him but so he had to leave the studio and, and go to the airport and deal with something so we were you know the band was there and I'm like well you know we might as well knock one out like we had his assistant there um to run the board mm-hmm. so we thought why don't we just do the piano ballad we did a couple takes of it and we decided to let it like not to be on a click track to let it flow a little easier mm-hmm. And then Ross came back and he was like, no. <laughs> I mean, again, typical Ross. Like what I love about Ross is that he's never actually, he never actually says no, but he he has his ideas for how he wants things done, but he mm-hmm. will never say you can't do that or I don't want to try that or it's not going to work. He will never do that. He will always say, here's what I was thinking. So let's try one take like this, but then let's try whatever you're thinking. Right. Like he will, he has no ego in that regard. I mean, not other regards. <laughs> we've become really good friends so we josh each other all the time but he's oh he's great and but he so he came back and he said you know i mean this is one way to do it but here's what i was thinking and and to put it back on a click but have certain like swells and and Mm -hmm. you know and so he miles who's miles evans brano who played keys on on the everything on this album and Mm -hmm. it's just brilliant he he wasn't we we, neither of us were quite seeing what ross meant as far as like where the swells are going to happen especially because it's on a click. So Ross actually stayed in the studio mm-hmm. with him, like standing next to him very silently while he played the piano, just kind of like, you know, lifting his hands and like coming down when there was going to be a swell. And like, it was really cool watching him conduct that way. That's great. What was in his head. And Miles is watching him and I'm I'm in the booth singing. So I, there's a window so I can see both of them. It was really cool. Because again, what we loved about this record is that, and what Ross, how Ross works is live off the floor. So everybody playing together, everybody breathing together and moving together and watching each other. Like I was in the vocal booth the whole time, but there's a window and I could see the whole band. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we could communicate with each other and sort of feel and like, and then see when we're getting excited because there's a really good moment happening. You know, it was was so cool. See, I think that's the missing X factors when when that doesn't happen. You know, when people go in and just kind of cut their tracks individually, I think that's missing that X factor of, of feeding off of each other. Yeah. And you know, when we were doing like full band songs, like the bottle is one of them. That's one of Ross's favorites. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching him. So the way the studio is set up, there's I'm in a booth where there's a window. Then there's the 
the whole band is in the main room and then the control room there's another window which mm-hmm. is on the other side so you can see you can see ross and his assistant and so the bottle when we did one take of the bottle like it's mostly one take you know we cut up a few things but it's mostly one good take and there was one really good take of the bottle and ross stands up in the control room and he's like pacing the room just like going yeah and clapping <laughs> and like and then so we feel that we're like yeah that was the one and we can all feel that, that was a really good take yeah because every you can you can just feel that when like something's just hitting right mm-hmm. there's this magical moment like everybody feels it so it's yeah. just it was yeah we're like we're already getting ready for the next record oh wow really yeah we're um we're you know i mean we've got to keep things going right but i'm i already like there were a bunch of songs that were we have one song we actually recorded that that didn't make wasn't quite ready okay. for this record but it's really cool it's called bullets um but yeah i've got new songs that i'm really excited about i've got old songs that i really want to include so i can't wait to work with ross again that sounds like a segue into a performance by sandra boza okay your guitar just happens to be right there it does what do you think you can tune up a bit. okay I'm nervous about having to do another take. Oh, you only get one take. (laughs) Okay, so you're all set up. Your guitar's ready to go. Yeah. What do you got for us here? Okay, this one's brand new. Brand, 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 brand new. Um, That's a lot of brands. (laughs) I was working on it last night because it's uh it's this one kind of grew from anxiety and rage. Um, so I have I have endometriosis. Do you know what that is? No. No. Um, I've heard that word. Uh, it's very common, and I guarantee that um, many of your female listeners will have it. Mm. Guaranteed. Okay. It's very, very common. So knowing how common it is, how many years? Just take a guess. How many years do you think it takes to get a diagnosis? To get a diagnosis? Yeah. What do you mean? Like you, you... Like you're telling your doctor you have these symptoms, right. and it's, it's, it's like life, not life-threatening, but quality of life-threatening. Oh, I see. Like For I've them had two to come concussions back and say... as a result of it. It's been since I was 11, like oh. debilitating pain, like passing out pain, throwing up pain, wow. writhing in pain. So since I was 11. So like just take a wild guess the average time it takes for a woman to get diagnosed with this in Canada. To get diagnosed? Yeah. Like if you go to your doctor, you say, I have these symptoms. Mm-hmm. I don't know, they get back to you within like two weeks or something or a week? Seven to 12 years. What? Yeah. How? Because it's women's pain. Because it's menstrual pain. Oh. So it's like, it's, yeah, I got, so I remember when I was 15, mm-hmm. I went to a doctor because it wasn't normal. You know, I'm, I'm passing out every single month from the pain, screaming in pain. And they, you know, the doctor was like, some women have it even worse. And that was his answer. And then oh, they threw me geez. on hormones at 15 years old, right? Mm. So the number of women... Like I've, I work in a women's clinic now. It's my day job, right? Man, like, you know, I'm not, I don't have any kind of science background, but the thing I do have in this clinic is like, is connection to these women who have been suffering for years and doctors just ignore them. Mm. Like I've been telling doctors now for seven years that I'm pretty sure I have endometriosis. Seven years. Wow. It's when I first mentioned endo to my doctor. And I've been told, no, you don't have it. Um, no, you can't have it because of this or this or this, like incorrect things that I've heard. I just got dismissed and gaslighted up the wazoo. Mm. And finally I found a doctor who's actually an endosurgeon. And so I have my surgery on Monday. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm terrified. Mm. But, you know, I, I mean, I've never had surgery before. I know many people have and have survived. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's, and it's also this other thing that I was thinking, it's, because of, of how long it's been, it's been almost 30 years of this, right? Mm-hmm. I've created this little self-care cove around this, you know? It's something right. that I've lived with. It's like a large part of my identity and my family, my friends, people know this about me. And so 
you know, I was starting to think about like not having this anymore. And I mean, the idea of not having, like some days I have a full month of pain and mm-hmm. it's just constant. The idea of not having this was, was almost weird to me. And it's like, it creates this like Stockholm syndrome a little bit, you know, like it's, right. it's part of me. It's who I am. So yeah, this uh, is, song's not quite finished yet. And I know I've done this on your show before, <laughs> but there's, there's just things that I want to add. That's what you're known for. This is, yeah, what I'm known for. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> um, she's she's impulsive. I think your listeners think. No, <laughs> Write a song that's finished or play a song that's finished. You've written songs on the way over here before. Yes, that is true. Yeah. And that one showed up on the album. See? Yeah. W- which one was that, by the way? Good Vibrations, I think. No way. I think it was. I remember you sitting right there and playing that going, and I was like, wow, that's really great. Was it here or was it the Spoke Club? It was, oh, was here. It, oh, it was here. Okay, yep. it wasn't that one then because I think it was the Spoke Club. Mm, I don't remember. There were a couple. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm very grateful to have been on your show several times. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the one time that I invited myself onto it. Mm, yeah, there was that time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. it out and leave it in I hear all the sides, no winds but I've been living with you so long and I can't seem quite to get my words right about it but I'm getting tired of being told that I'm wrong as bad as it is I still can't picture living without you hours I have lived curled up for you And I still can't picture my life without you But I'm gonna try So I'm gonna try, 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 try All these tricks and trays don't get me wrong when they feel right I can feel my body breathe tonight But I feel your temper rise and I am spun As bad as it is, I still can't picture living without you Hours I've spent curled up for you Hours of my mind that I have burned in your devotion I can't picture my life without you But I'm gonna try Try, 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 try So I'm gonna try Unbroken, and I deserve a life well lived without you. I still can't picture my life without you. I deserve a life well lived without you. So, so I, I am gonna try. 
Wow. Thank you. You blew the roof off the place. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you. That's unbelievable. That was so good. Thank you. I shouldn't be surprised anymore. <laughs> I really should not. I'm a huh. glad I burst into tears in that one. <laughs> wow. That is a very powerful song. Thank you for playing that. Thank you. Unbelievable. Thank you. You are going to be fine on Monday. I've had several surgeries where I've gone under. Seriously. I'm going to tell you a funny story to lighten you up, actually. So when I was getting, which one was gallbladder, I don't know, vasectomy, one of the, I had to go under. And so, you know, I'm, I'm that guy who tries to add levity, right? When I'm kind of nervous, I'm like, oh, hey, everybody. You know, so there's like the anesthesiologist, the nurse, right? Everyone does. It's like, a, it's just a, like a defense mechanism. Mine never lands and I just make people awkward. Well, check this out. So I'm in my little gown, right? And I'm being a clown and I'm, you know, they take me to the place and I lay down and the anesthesiologist is there. And uh, so, you know, he's got the mask and he's ready to put it on my face. And I looked at him and I said, uh, hey, I said, while you're in there, maybe do a little something with the liver too. What do you say? Right? Fix it up a little bit. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, you and me both, man. And then the animal, like, what, what, wait, wait. <laughs> so just before I go under, he tells me that he's like a big drinker. I'm like, no, 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 that's not good. <laughs> see, see, like my, my, I think about that, like something that's going to happen, right? People like it's a, a bad movie where like the anesthesiologist, yeah, you put the mask on and then the surgeon <laughs> leans in and says, remember when you bullied me in grade five yeah, and then right? you go under and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> And you're unconscious. And then you exactly. wake up with like, I don't know, like a, I can't think of anything. Like, like one eyeball gouged out. I don't know. Or like, or like a, so-and-so was here, you know, right. etched into your organs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But see, yeah. like I woke up after that and literally I was like, when are you guys going to start? And they said, you're done, man. It's yeah, yeah it's it's like this close to magic, like literally. Wow. Yeah, I've, oh, I've yeah. heard that. Like, cause so I'm in all these endo groups, and it's like I even know who's having surgery on Monday. Mm. Like we've, you know, we all know each other, we support mm -hmm. each other, because a lot of this is like, yeah, women being gaslighted and 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 just fed incorrect information. So we have groups where we support each other and be like, no, this is not normal. Advocate for yourself. Advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so we all support each other. But like that's what I've heard from a couple women is like, yeah, you're out, and then and then you're and then you're awake. Yeah. And I've, you know, one woman was saying, because, yeah, I know, I mean, again, lots of people have had surgery and survived. I know I'm not unique here. It's just I've never had it. So this, like, this song was part of the processing, right? Like, I mean, that, like, I again, I'm, I'm big on lyrics and I'm very proud of my lyrics, but that, like, there's one line in it that I'm so proud of, that corner, corners of my mind that I have burned in your devotion. And, like, because I've spent so much energy and time and, and money just... I know it's going to help with quality of life. It's, it's going to be good. I've got lots of support. If you want to come visit me while I'm recovering, I would love that. Where's the hospital? Which well, no, at, at home. Oh. It's a day surgery. Oh. Yeah, you're in and out. Okay. Well, there you go. It's going to be a piece of cake. Yeah, no big deal. Shoot me a text. Yeah. Anyways, so that's what this song is about. So I needed to get that out of my system. So, But I'm really, I'm really digging it. I'm hoping I can put it on the next album. I would love to hear the final version of it, yeah. That one was uh, pretty good, though. That take. That little take was good. One take. Couple mistakes. See? One take, Boza. That's what they call you. Well done. Thank you very much for coming back. It has been a pleasure to have you here. Likewise, as always. 
Want another cup of coffee? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Want to go hug your dog? All right. Let's go get him. All right. Okay. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very lovely guest, the woman with the golden voice, <laughs> Sandra Boza. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.